live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of The Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your money, your career, and, of course, actual amazing relationships. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Paula is going to start us off this hour in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, Paula, how are you? I'm just fine, Dave, and you? Better than I deserve. Uh, What's up? (laughs) That's me. However, I'm trying to find out if I'm doing the right thing for considering my situation. I'm not trying to be an Elon Musk or a Bill Gates. I'm very happy at what I got, and I just want to live comfortable, and I'm doing that. But I have my mortgage paid off. I am 76 years old, and I don't work. I could, but I don't. I just choose not to. Uh, I have a $2,600 a month. Social Security coming in. I have over a hundred thousand dollars in a money market. I have thirty-one thousand in a saving, and I uh, save a thousand dollars a month. My bills are all paid at the first of every month. Am I doing the right thing? Okay, so you have no investments at all. No, I, that's right now. I am too scared of that with the market so volatile and everything going haywire. I don't want to play with the market. Okay. I just want to be comfortable and happy. And, and basically, I am. Okay. I just want to know if that's going to carry me through to my, you know, I'm, I'm, seven, I'm a young 76-year-old. But you're not using the money. No, absolutely so if you, not. If you continue like you continue, it would carry you on to 176. Well, I plan to live that. I know. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. So, uh, no, I, I me got too. more interview than a 60-year-old. No, I'm serious. That, that, that you're not using the money, and so, no. you know, it, it's if you were burning it, if you were going through it a little oh, bit, no. if you were, you know, eating $1,000 a month out of it uh, to live, but you're living on your Social Security is what you're saying. I'm living on it and still have money sitting in my bank. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's if, money if that makes you with. happy, I'm not going to change it. No, I'm happy doing it. I just want to know if I'm if that's really the right thing to do for me. It sounds I mean, like it is because it's what it, makes you happy. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm not, living I mean, very comfortable. Now, it, 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 you know, if it was me, and, and um, uh-huh. you know, I'm 62. I've got my uh, money in excess of an emergency fund. Uh, if I had that extra hundred thousand, I'm I am investing it into some good mutual funds that have a long, stable track record um, because I'm not scared of the market, and that would not cause me yeah. to lay awake at night. But it sounds to me like that that would cause you to lay awake at night, so you shouldn't do it. Well, it would because you see everything going up and down, up and down, and, and all the predictions of we're going to have a crash and all this, you know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let's just, wait a minute. You, you and I are old enough that we've heard that every year <laughs> our entire life. Yeah. And it never happened. Uh, well, I don't, I, I believe what you're saying, but I'm one of these kinds that knows that it can, there's always there. It's well, a your bank can go broke. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and that's one, another thing I have a question is I, my money 
a hundred thousand or more is in a money market choice money market. Now, if the banks go broke, or I know it's it's federally insured, or uh, or is it with a bank? Well, actually, it's with a uh, savings uh, a credit union, which okay, is okay. So they've, the they've got you. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got NCUA. So yeah, okay. In, that's it. I never get those. That, but uh, you've got the same, you know, you've got insurance on the money if the credit union goes oh, yeah. belly up, and then the government mm-hmm. would have to go belly up, which is possible too. Um, oh, yeah, the way they act, yeah. and, I can and then that. you would not get your money. And so, that you know, that's your absolute worst case scenario now. And if you invest the money, uh, it could go up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, but likely, mm-hmm. you know, there's no track record of it disappearing either. So, but I, I, I'm not gonna push on it i mean uh paula this is making you happy yeah and you're oh, saving yeah. i just want to be sure i'm kind of doing the right thing because like i said i put back well it's cost, it's costing you about ten thousand dollars a year it's costing me ten thousand a year yeah if it was invested I, you'd be making about a ten percent rate of return on average in good mutual funds and on a hundred thousand yeah. that's ten thousand dollars a year so you're missing out on t- about ten thousand dollars a year but you know, it well, sounds to me right like it sounds to me like that's an insurance policy causes you to sleep, and I'm not going to argue with you about it. Well, that's that's what I wanted to know. Then yeah. you know, that's all I needed to know that I'm kind of okay with where I'm at. Then you're not going to go broke. You're more than okay, Paula. You couldn't do something dumb with money if you tried. I just don't think she's got it in her, Dave. She's so wise. <laughs> well, you I know? mean, the thing is this. Now let's just talk back up and talk about it. Number one. That's her situation, and her and her. I, I don't think in one radio conversation, I'm going to cause her to have peace right. with investing. But I will challenge all of you out there to the tune of ten thousand dollars a year. I to me, that means it's time for me to learn something. Mm-hmm. And um, now, when she bought her home, house prices go up and down. She did not get a guarantee from the federal government or the NCUA. Her house price could go down tomorrow, but she's not concerned about that. You know why? Most of us, when we buy a home, we don't think about the fact that it's not federally guaranteed. The reason is track record. Track record matters. Mm-hmm. It does. And we, you know, we were just going through this, all the Ramsey personalities, walking through it with you uh, in a room, and we were looking at this crazy, awesome uh, poster, essentially, that they opened up wide, and they showed the history of the stock market, and they showed how it did before and after some of the biggest events in American history, when you would think it would create a lot of fear and instability, and it did short term, but then it always came back. And I think that was one of the most powerful illustrations I'd ever seen on what you teach and what you have been teaching. Well, and track record is a thing. Why are you comfortable buying a home with no guarantee? No federally insured guarantee, right? Because homes, if you got walking around since, have generally gone up over the scope of your life. I mean... First house I sold when I was 18 years old was $42,250 to a kid from my high school. Now, that kid wasn't smart. He bought a house from an 18-year-old. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, and, you know, it turned out to be a really smart idea because that house today would probably be $350,000, $400,000, right? Wow, sure. Uh, but that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we've all got walking around since we can look and say, okay, the track record of real estate is I'm not going to lose all my money. Mm-hmm. It might have a little bump in the road or two, but I'm not going to lose all my money. And if you actually look at the stock market, you know, with good mutual fund investing, good diversified investing, you're not going to lose all your money. There's going to be some bumps in the road, and you're going to make money. 
Now, that's the truth. But you need to get comfortable with that track record and that history like you did that piece of real estate, and then you can sleep at night. Never invest because Dave Ramsey said to. Always invest. Never invest because anybody said to except you. You need to get comfortable with it. You need to understand what you're putting money in, and then when you understand that history, I got a lot of peace about putting money in the market. No trouble for it. No trouble with it for me at all. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Thank you to our audience. You're apparently telling other people that we're here. Thank you. Our numbers are going up in every format from YouTube to podcast to radio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, we know it didn't come up, come from anywhere but you because we do not spend $300 million on marketing like SoFi. Instead, we just actually help people instead of screwing them. And um, then you go tell other people. So thank you for that. If you're new you're one of those new people coming around. You're trying to figure out all this lingo uh, around the Ramsey thing. We're always the baby steps and uh, debt snowballs and all this stuff. You can go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the next best step in your financial journey. It's completely free to do that, and we'll walk you through. And what's become famous around Ramsey was because many, many years ago, decades ago, people came to me and they said, what do you do first? Do you do retirement first, or do I do kids' college first? That's very important. Do I have an emergency fund first? That's really important. I need to get rid of this stupid credit card debt. It's 22%. That's very important. Where do I start and what we did at the time many years ago was we laid it out, and then we adjusted it a couple times in the early days. We only adjusted it in 25 years. But we laid out what to do first, what to do second, and we call them the baby steps because if you eat an, if you want to eat an elephant, you do it a bite at a time. So if you want to get control of your money, you do it a step at a time. Baby steps. Baby step one is you save $1,000 quickly, a little starter emergency fund. Once you've done that, and some of you just have that money. You just name it that just now. You've already did baby step one. You just reset that money in your mind over to the side. That's baby step one. Baby step two is you pay off all of your debt except your home using the debt snowball. The debt snowball is where you list your debts, smallest to largest, pay minimum payments on everything but the little one. You attack the little one with a vengeance. You're not going on vacation. You're in debt. You're broke. You're not going out to eat. You're in debt. You're broke. You work all the time. You're in debt. You're broke. There's a great place to go when you're broke, to work. 
okay? This is what you do, and, and you bust your butt, and it's scorched earth, no lifestyle, no nothing. You sell so much stuff, the kids think they're next. You name the dog eBay and the cat Craigslist. Everything's going out the door. We're getting this mess cleaned up. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired. People that do it with that intensity get out of debt in an average of about 18 to 24 months. Now, average means that some of you have half a million dollars in student loan debt like Jade did, took her seven years, okay? And then average means some of you have $5,000 in debt and $10,000 in your bank account when you heard me rant and you just went and paid it off. Now you're debt-free, took you 13 seconds, okay? But the average is 18 to 24 months. Then when you finish that, with the same level of intensity, you continue we call this gazelle intensity, the gazelle running from the cheetah for its life. When you get out of debt, you finish baby step three with the gazelle intensity, and that's three to six months of expenses. Then we turn off the intensity, and we move from intensity to intentionality, and we do baby steps four, five, and six simultaneously. That's 15% of your income going into retirement. That's what's going to make you a baby steps millionaire in about 12 years following this plan. You're going to put money into kids' college if that's applicable, and you didn't sell them off. <laughs> number no, no, Baby step six is any other money we can find in the budget, we're going to throw at the house, and the average person paying off their house following these baby steps is doing it. We've been doing this for 30 years. Is doing it in about, in, in about 10.2 years. In our Baby Steps Millionaires study we did of millionaires, some of them had followed our stuff, some of them hadn't. They were doing it in about 11 years. Wow. So – but the point is, there's an intensity for that first three steps to get out of debt and get your emergency fund in place, because until you do that, you're broke. And you're walking around in a culture, strutting around like you got some money, you got no money, shut up, you're broke. Quit acting like you're something, you're broke. And this putting on the crap has got to stop. And Jade, you've been hearing this thing in Baby Step 2 where people are struggling with motivation. Yeah, you know, I get it all the time, Dave. They go in my e in my DMs, direct message, even in our Financial Peace University class. I get the same question, which is, Jade, you, you guys did this for seven and a half to eight years. How do you stay motivated? And you know, at first, Dave, I would kind of give like like the nice answer, like, well, you gotta you gotta connect to your why and and all of this. And I really got to thinking about it. And I was talking to Sam about it, and the more people ask me, it kind of frustrates me because. There's got to be no other option. Y'all don't get Jade frustrated, okay? There's got to When Sam and I were getting out of debt, there was no option to not do it. It it's a must. I have to. My life will never be what I need it to be, what it should be, what God wants it to be if I don't do this. So so this idea that well maybe I'll do it and maybe I won't, that cannot exist. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's not an exercise. You've got to It's an emotional visceral decision yes i i must it's gotta and, and nobody can do that for you you know you listen to this show or you come to a live event and and we'll light that match for you but you've gotta like stoke your own flame my buddy uh lucas did a talk about this he said um you could be a spark or you can be a flame and you can tell the difference by when the wind blows Ooh. if you're a spark the wind blows immediately you go out just like that but if you're a flame when the wind blows, you get you get bigger, you get more aggressive, you get larger and, and more fierce. And and if you're talking to me and you're asking me, how can I stay more motivated? I'm sorry to tell you, you're a spark. 
You're just you're just a little fluttering spark, and you've got to do what it takes. She just called you people names. She called you a little spark. You're just a little spark. You little wimpy spark. And the moment the wind blows, man, the minute you have to dip into your emergency fund, the minute something happens, you're ready to go, well, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if it's worth I've it to me. I tried that Ramsey stuff. It doesn't work. What do you mean? What do you mean you don't know if it's worth it to you? Do you want to change your life or not? It's that simple. Motivate. If you're waiting to feel motivated, you will be waiting forever because that is completely mythological. Motivation is not an external substance. No, it doesn't come from out there to comes, take you comes in. comes from in here, yeah. And, you know, one of the things, I, I've kind of run into this over the years, me teaching it too, the same frustration. Blake uh, Thompson, our old producer, he now runs all of Ramsey Networks. Yeah. He used to do these comedy bits, and he created this comedy bit that we would play on the air called Detonol. And it was a pill you could take that would get you out of debt. If you just took this pill, you'd right. be out of debt. And that's what everybody's looking for. They're looking for a magic a pill. pill. You know, I was wandering in the uh, vitamin aisle, and I ran into my one of my pastor friends who's mm-hmm. kind of loud, and he yells down the aisle, Ramsey, there's no pill on there that's going to help you. you got to eat less. So good. <laughs> it's so true. Y'all want the magic pill that's going to magically make this easy. It ain't going to be easy. It doesn't exist. Let me tell you what easy is. Easy is when you finish easiest when you finish it gets easier but let me tell you this i mean there's the other side of that where people go man this is hard right it, it, paying off well, debt's hard to do working hard. is hard but you wuss learn to do hard but can i just say it's also what is also hard is not being able to afford groceries man that's hard that's hard when yeah. you look up and you don't have the money uh, to take care of your kids you don't have the money to spend the gas to go visit a loved one in the hospital i'm talking about myself that that was hard that's hard to stomach because that reflects back on you and you go, oh my God, I've been an idiot with money. And yeah. c- in comparison, just saying in comparison, it's easier to sacrifice to win so that you don't have to endure those other things. You live like no one else so that later, later you can live and give like no one else. Disci- no discipline seems pleasant at the time, the Bible says, but it yields a harvest of righteousness. Yeah. Listen, you're going to pay a price. You're going to pay a price. You're either going to pay a price of mediocrity throughout the whole scope of your life, and your life's going to suck perpetually. Yeah, because the time's going to pass regardless. You're still waiting on the government to fix your life? That's humorous. And, you know, so we're, you're either going to live a life of mediocrity because you yeah. half but do stuff, or you're going to pay a price for a short period of time, and you're going to light yourself on fire and be a flame, not a spark. I love that. Right. That's a good line. I like this. And oh. a lot of you are going to look up, you know, Dave said the stats on getting through baby step two. Most people who get through baby step one through three, it's two and a half to three years. That sounds a lot like a lot when you just say it. But man, it, that is just a drop in the bucket over time. And some of you who've been kicking your student loan can down the road for three years, you could have been done and finished. Ooh. You could have been done. And let me tell you I think something. she just was shamed you. When this thing kicks back up, you are going to regret it. Start today. Yeah. Start today. So where does it come from? It comes in believing the best way to live your life is free and it's worth paying the price to get there. That'll give you the motivation. Sure will. I want to change my family tree. I want to look in my kids' eyes and have a different set of values. A godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Amen.
Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Hey, you guys can help us, and a bunch of you have been. We appreciate you. We know you have been because our numbers are going up substantially on podcast, on YouTube, and on radio, and we appreciate that. So here's how you can help. Uh, we don't spend like $8 bazillion on marketing. You guys are our marketing. You tell other people, and that's about the only thing we got. We don't have any stadiums named after us like Sofi. And so, excuse me, I was sneezing, but the uh, – um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so if you can, if you want to help us subscribe to the show, if you're uh, a podcast or YouTube, uh, uh, consumer, we appreciate that. You can leave a, a five-star review. One stars don't help. Mama said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Five stars. All we need. Thank you very much. Move on. If you don't like it, it's okay. And, um, what's the other thing you can do? Oh, you can, uh, share the show. And that means you tell people some method or another how you're consuming the show. We're watching it on TBN. We're uh, listening on our local radio station. There's 680 of them that carry us in the nation, by the way. Uh, there's uh, uh, we you know, you got an actual share button on podcasts and on YouTube. So share it, subscribe and leave a review. You'll help us out a bunch. John, the questions for human cards are officially a uh, a mega hit. They're part of the Ramsey lexicon now, man. Ooh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's that was a goal. I don't even. I had to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, wow, it's a big deal. Yeah. So you know those moments when you're sitting next to someone and you feel a thousand miles apart. Um, you're staring at your kids. Uh, I my son turns 13 today, so happy birthday to him. But we uh, were sitting across from each other at Waffle House this morning. Hank. Happy birthday, Big Hank. We have uh, breakfast together every Tuesday. There's been some of those breakfasts. I'm staring across from my 12, 13-year-old son. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Or he says things like, fine, good, good, fine, fine, well, good. Some 13-year-olds are aliens. It, most of them. Most of them are. Yeah. But these cards have been amazing. And so, listen, you can put your phones down, and we've, we've substituted deep and meaningful conversations for binge-watching Netflix, scrolling social media. You deserve better relationships. Your kids do. Your spouse do. Your grandparents do. Everybody does. That's why we created Questions for Humans, conversation starters that will help you disconnect from your screens and actually connect with real human beings. We have a deck for everyone, dating, couples, girls' night, guys' night, parents, kids, friends, everybody, work. And uh, as we've talked about over and over, it's been hard to keep them in stock. We've got them. All the decks will get you spending time laughing together, learning something unexpected, and building deeper and stronger relationships. Pick up one, two, five, ten, all kind of packs Find them at RamseySolutions.com slash humans. So if you guys don't know what he's talking about, there's like a deck of cards, and you just draw one out, and it's got like a question, like the funniest thing happened to you in college or something like that, and it starts a conversation. And when my daughter finds out that like, I went on – my daughter's favorite thing, she's seven, is she asked – one of the questions is, what's, a, what's an old date that went horrible? And I told her that I went on a date with somebody – she still to this day she's like what does she think about like whenever, no matter what we're doing she thinks it's the funniest thing ever but we've been able to have you actually had a date before her mom uh, right yeah and oh my goodness well what does she think about the house if and, she's shocked that you had a date before oh, your mom uh, what's oh, everybody was shocked yes <laughs> every friend i had was shocked um but it just it just created a whole new um interaction point and and again I'm embarrassed to say that uh, I found myself like, I'm going to grab these cards because I'm starting to get disconnected from my own kids. They're great, man. And you they're wrote amazing. them, yeah. Yeah, I wrote them, yeah. But they're so, great, man. And they've, they've 
flying off the shelves, yeah. flying a massive, massive success. All right, Patricia is with us in Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm doing well. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. Hey, well, how can we help? Okay, so I'm hoping you can help me solve a debate with my husband. Okay. We both have really uh, good incomes. Between us both, there's like 220K. Mm-hmm. We have some savings, 160K. Mm-hmm. Um, we are debt-free. We're doing 15% of growth into investments, um, stock investments. Mm-hmm. And we're at this point now looking for a home. Um, I'm you, you don't own a home. home? No, we don't. We okay. live in a one-bedroom apartment right now. Okay. So the house that I, I would like to move into is about like 400 to 450. Mm-hmm. And the house my husband would like to move into is about 250K. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've seen some in this area. They're really small. They're really ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay, your um, phone's breaking up. You're going to have to speak have. directly into it. You saw some in this area that what? We saw some in the area that are 250k. This is my husband's range. Yeah, and they're you make two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. You have one hundred fifty thousand dollars in savings. Yes. He, what do you guys do for a living? The, the, oh, so I work as a software developer, and mm-hmm. he works as a stock trader. He works as a what? A stock trader. A stock trader. I bet he does. Okay, and um, yeah. How so long y'all been married? Um, three years. Okay. All right. And so he, he he's what twenty six? No, he's forty seven. I'm forty seven. Well, yeah. I missed that one. Why does uh, he want to buy a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars house? Because he's a cheapskate so he and he's a player. Into a multi-family home. That yeah, he's a player. He's a stock trader. He, yeah, he's got a always got. Does he always have a scheme on yeah. top of a scheme Absolutely on top of a scheme? Absolutely, he does. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, my advice to your husband is that you separate being a player from where you live. Okay. P L A Y A. Yeah. From where you need to separate it from where you live because you don't play with your home. This is where you live with your animals, your future children, and God help you, your wife. Okay. This is where you live. You don't play high-risk, maximize investment games with your home. It's a safe haven. It's a place. It happens to be a good investment, but it is not a speculative, we're going to make a bunch of money investment in the short term, and that's how his brain works. So I know this guy because I used to be him. That's why I said 26, because when I was 26, I did the same thing. We moved so much, our furniture was trained to jump on the truck because I was a player. I was always wanting to do some deal, and I pulled my poor wife around by the hair on her head, and she went along with it. And we've been married 40 years, and she tell, 40 years. She now tells people we've had 33 good years of marriage. She doesn't count the first seven, right? <laughs> and that's because of stuff like this right here. So I can speak directly to him. I was him when I had hair. Okay, that's it. So the, uh, the best thing he can do is separate relationally, psychologically, investment philosophy, separate your home from your investment mentality 
It happens to also be a good investment, by the way, but you need to separate it out. That's my advice to him. And my advice to him also is happy wife, happy life. You guys can afford a $450,000 house. He needs to go get a $450,000 house. And then he needs to do his other stuff after he gets that house paid for. You win the argument. Hey, Patricia, are you, is he always running a scam? Does he always have a thing going? There's always something. I always You've been married three years. At some point, you need to have that conversation because this will keep coming up and it'll come up in all sorts of different areas. When your parents start aging, when you've got to think about retirement facilities, it's always going to be another thing. You have to sit down and like Dave said, you've got to be really clear and intentional about boundaries. We joke about it now at our house, Patricia, but when I'll start working on something, if Sharon smells that, she looks at me and she says, you're scheming and scamming. And meaning I'm trying to, I'm trying to use my intellect, my mathematical skills to outfinagle reality. And that's what she's telling me. You hear me? In other words, I'm violating common sense here because I'm starting to just go off in some little corner of something with some math riddle and figure out a way that I can maximize something that wasn't intended to be maximized, like the place you live. Or to get what you want, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if he wants to do fixes and flips, he should do that with cash after your personal residence is paid for and is a sufficient resident. You've been living three years in a one-bedroom apartment. You make a quarter of a million dollars a year. You've already sacrificed. Time to get a nice house. 15-year fixed, where the payment's no more than a fourth of your take-home pay. This is The Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, Matthew 12, 36. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Ugh, I don't even want to think about that one. After doing all these hours of talk radio, oh my Lord, give me grace, Jesus. <laughs> oh my. Uh, is it better to offer no excuse than a bad one, George Washington? Hmm. Interesting. You know, Dave, I think you could be one of those Bible readers on the Bible app, one of the voices. You know, you've got like Morgan Freeman, the hillbilly version, <laughs> James Earl Jones, <laughs> the I Dave Ramsey the, I version. I could do the uh, hillbilly redneck version of the Bible. That's, <laughs> that's the one I would do. Yeah. I'd like to take a poll on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I can do it. Yeah, like read the whole. Nah, <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. Don't, don't sign me up for oh, something yeah. here. What are you with? Are you some publisher or something? I'm just what are you? curious. Some people might like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Aiden is with us in St. Louis. Aiden, get me out of this. How can we help? <laughs> Doing all right. How's it going? Better than I deserve, man. How can we help? Yeah, so um, I took a weekend trip to Texas, and I messed up and bought a car while I was there. Were you drinking? Um, <laughs> no, I just I, I saw the car before I went down there, and it's my dream car, and I just messed up and ended up doing it now. I'm can't get the thought out of my head that I could be using that money for a down payment on a house. How, what car was it, and how much did it cost you? Uh, the car was 20000 and it's a 2013 Nissan 370Z. Whew. What's the payment on that? 
uh, my total payment works out to around 450 a month. Okay. And what were you driving before? Uh, a 2002 Honda Accord with 275,000 miles, and it's broke in on me like four times in the past two months. <laughs> How'd you get to Texas? Um, we, I just went with my buddy. Okay, so you still mm-hmm. got the Accord? Yeah. Okay. How old are you? 19. Okay. Um, and, and what's your question, sir? Just don't, I just don't know if I should keep the car and deal with it because I, and pay the stupid taxes you say, because I know I messed up or what to do from here. Cause I, I mean, I can afford, the, I mean, I can afford the payment and, you know, between me and my fiance, we make enough money where it's not exactly a big financial strain on us, but I just can't shake that idea of the down payment on a house. There's not an us, you're not married. Yeah. Well, so we get married, uh, in a month from now. Oh, okay. Ooh. So you just saddled her with a car payment Ooh. instead of a house. Yeah. I, bet, I bet she's happy. She kind of told me she thought that. I deserve to have something at least kind of nice, but she said she's gonna. We're gonna work as it on what? it as a team together. Yeah. What's your income now, and what's your income gonna be when you're married? So my income now is about thirty five hundred bucks a month um, through my night job, and then I just got my real estate license at the end of last year. Um, and then she makes around three three thousand dollars a month, and so it'll be around sixty five hundred bucks a month without real without anything from real estate. Um, wow. Can I ask what other debt you have in between with her as well? Neither of us have any other debt other than this. I've got, um, I personally, I have, uh, a little bit of cash about around three, three months worth of expenses. I've got 6,000 in a Roth, 2,500 in mutual funds. And this is like my first ever mess up essentially, and then she has around 20K cash with no investment. Okay. I, I want you to tell her I said this, okay? Okay. You don't deserve the car. She's wrong. If you deserved it, you would have had the money to pay for it. You don't deserve $450 car payments. You're not that bad a guy. Yeah. You don't deserve hell. Okay? So I'm not going to, you know, no. You, you know you're deserve something when you have saved the money and you pay for it until then you don't deserve it. That was a, that's a childish statement. And if you, if you repeat that statement over and over, you're going to be broke your whole life. Yeah. I deserve it. No, that's McDonald's. I deserve a break today. You're going to deserve a big Mac. That's the best you can do. (laughs) Seriously. So, uh, what would I do if I woke up in your shoes is I would sell the car mm-hmm. because you have cost your yeah. family the down payment and I would get rid of it. And you made a mistake. You impulsed and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you made a, uh, and, and the other thing, Aiden, that, uh, I do when I pay stupid taxes, I want to do an autopsy and a CSI on the situation and go, okay, what was going on that allowed me to be this stupid? Was it, was it your buddy with you? I think I was just with my friends and I just, 
really want yeah. I just wanted a nicer car because my car but what, is you know down what so what, what process is going on in your life what process is going on in your spirit in your intellect in your decision making paradigm that allows you to make this dis- bad decision you know you want to know that so you don't do it again right yeah because I think th- it's, if you impulse twenty thousand dollar items and your fiance says I, you deserve it, you're you're going to be broke your whole life, man. Mm-hmm. And so the bad that. news is you made a mistake. The good news is you're only nineteen and you have the whole rest of your life to never impulse a car again. Yeah, you might do some other dumb things, but let's take that one off the table. This is the last time you're going to do this one. Check. Never do that one again because mm-hmm. it's going to cost you some money by the time you get out of it. You're probably not even going to get out of it without writing a check. Right. And so it's going to set you back. But I, I, I wouldn't, I would get rid of it because of how it occurred. Well, he's never going to be able to even, he's never going to be able to enjoy the car because of the way he feels about how he purchased it. He's it's, it's always going to be that burden to him. Feels like he's got a financial hangover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd sell it too. I mean, numbers wise, they could probably make it work, but it's, I think it's a principle here and it's, Honestly, it's how they're setting their marriage off, and that's not the foot I'd I, want to set it off. I, I, I think I'm admitting that what I did was a bad idea yeah. by getting rid of it. I mm-hmm. think by keeping it, in some way, you're endorsing the saying some portion of the decision was a good decision, right? Right. And honestly, none of it was. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's not a really about the car, and it's not even about twenty thousand dollars with their, you know, with their eighty thousand dollar income. It's more about I've got to make sure my brain never works this way again because it didn't work well Yeah. when I was doing and, this. And you're the sum of the people you hang around. I just want to throw that out there. Um, you, it sounded like whoever he was with Is an had an influence on him being an idiot. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're going to listen, if, if you run around with your drinking buddies, you're going to have a drinking problem. Heck yeah. This is how it works. I mean, this is not, you become who you hang around That's with. That's right. So you just gotta you gotta watch this stuff. It's uh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm uh I, I want to be hard not on you, Aiden, because you made a mistake that almost everyone in America has made at one time or right. another in their lives. Mm-hmm. But I do want to be very very hard on the actual event. I want to be very hard on the way your brain was working during that event, so that you don't re- repeat. Right. And you don't have to live with this kind of pain. That you know, when Sharon and I went broke, Aiden, and we lost everything. We were twenty eight years old. And we had a brand new baby and a toddler and a marriage hanging on by a thread. One of the benefits of having gone broke at that age and lost a million dollar net worth, lost four million dollars worth of real estate, is I got the opportunity to repeatedly do what you're doing or what I'm asking you to do, and that's do an autopsy on my stupidity. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. okay, what killed the patient? <laughs> Why did he die? You know, is it what's the comorbidity? I mean, we know it was COVID, but yeah. what's the comorbidity, right? So comorbidity. Important. It had to be COVID. It's everything's COVID, but we, had, you know, but he. But it's a never mind the fact he got ran over by a car right. when he had COVID. That, but he died of COVID. You know, but let's really get to looking at what really, really happened here with the patient. Why did the patient expire? Why did I make this stupid butt decision? And I had to unpack that, and I spent actually uh, a year. Uh, or more unpacking that so that i never went back again right and thus was born what we teach every day i love that so there you go go through the process people that puts this hour of the ramsey show in the books we'll be back with you before you know it in the meantime remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace and that's to walk daily with the prince of peace 
Christ Jesus. What's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.